Hey, Combo Nation, you might be noticing the apostrophes. That's right, C-O-M-B-O, apostrophe S, C-O-U-R-T, because I am Combo. Let's get into the show. Combo Nation, what up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 270. You heard that right, episode 270 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. Rate, review, subscribe, man. Rate, review, subscribe. It helps the show tremendously. And also share this episode with a friend. Share it on social media. Share it on Twitter. Share it on Instagram. Share it on LinkedIn. Share it everywhere. Tell a friend to tell a friend about Combo's Court Podcast. A great way to support this podcast is to check out the Combo's Court Patreon page. I'll leave a link in the description for that. You could join in as a Combo's Court patron. There's two tiers and on one of those tiers, you will receive bonus content. That's right. Exclusive Patreon-only Combo's Court episodes. Today's show, Raj C. joins in. You could catch Raj on State of the Lakers podcast and on LakersOutsiders.com. A fantastic conversation with Raj. Can't wait for you all to hear it. We talk Lakers. We talk NBA playoffs. You could follow Raj on Twitter at UnwrittenRules. The E is up three, so that's U-N-W-R-I-T-T-E-N-R-U-L. Three S, you know you can find me on Instagram at one two combo. That's O N E T W O C O M B O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Rajshi, what's up, man? Welcome to Combo's Court. What's going on, man? Appreciate you having me. Raj currently writes for Lakers Outsiders, uh, formerly of Lakers Film Room, right? Yeah, he did some video video editing and stuff over there, so it was a nice little start. And where are you podcasting now? So I do a State of the Lakers podcast now um, after every game. I don't know if you've seen the Twitter spaces, um, but uh, yeah, we do one, me and uh, Jason. We have a State of the Lakers pod, so we do the post game on Twitter spaces, and it's recorded up for podcasts for podcasting as well. I mean, I don't think it's the greatest time to talk Lakers basketball because we're supposed to overreact to game one. And then by the time this pod comes out, game two will be uh, will yeah. be out there. I mean, for everybody listening, we're recording right before a game two of the Lakers series. But, you know, uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on game one, nonetheless, of the Lakers series. Uh, what were your thoughts, man? I mean, LeBron did look slower, but we've seen this before. LeBron, it didn't seem like he was engaged. It didn't seem like AD was all the way engaged. And then we've seen this before where things just turn around and they figure things out and they make adjustments, you know? Right. I don't know if you follow Lakers Twitter, but most of them want to scapegoat Andre Drummond. And they do that after every single game. They want to blame him for every loss, everything bad that happens. I thought that was an effort kind of game. Like I rewatched most of the games and I rewatched that one a few times. And just going back, a lot of the Phoenix points were in transition. A lot of them were easy baskets at the rim, easy three-point shots. Anthony Davis was not engaged and there's no excuse for that, but that's just what it was. And he even admitted that after the game, but you could just tell him they, they threw Jay, Jay Crowder on him. Who's a nice sturdy defender. I think like smaller undersized forwards give him trouble. Uh, they like to push him off the block and all that, but uh, yeah, he was not ready for that. And I don't think the team was um, one of the plays that really stood out to me. It was like in the first quarter, you know, Phoenix 
was ready to go from the jump. The Lakers wanted to settle down, settle into a series, um, kind of, you know, pack, unpack their bags. This is a series. Get ready. And Phoenix was like, no, we're going now. We're pushing off every shot, pushing off makes, and they didn't match that energy. It was tied 15-15, I think, when LeBron went out. And then the offense just cratered. They were down 10. Never really caught up after that. Devin Booker was amazing. I didn't like the coverages on him either. Um, we didn't really pick one. We let him kind of do everything, play, make, and hit shots. So it was just a bad game plan to me, bad effort. Um, a lot of stuff I think is fixable. I think that's why the Lakers are favored tonight, which is funny. Um, even if they weren't favored in game one, they're actually the favorite tonight. But that's mostly what I saw. It was a lot of effort, a lot of uh, bad transition defense um, and bad coverages on Devin Booker. And even when Chris Paul was hurt, I thought they just didn't play him well. So even before the injury way earlier in the season, it didn't seem to me that AD was in shape. Oh no. Yeah. You know, And then he had the injury and I don't know, like I get it that the bubble ended like a month earlier, but I kind of just wanted to see him, you know, take it to the next level this year. You know, we all did, you know, and like, no, None of us expected to get an MVP LeBron season, which is what we got before he got hurt. And we thought like the 27-year-old would be the one, right, to come out and be like, hey, let me take this league by storm. And he just didn't. It wasn't in his, you know, his uh, in his blood to do that. He wanted to come and relax for the season. And you saw it early. He wasn't in shape, wasn't in condition. Um, LeBron was really carrying the load earlier in the year and uh yeah no it was kind of disappointing I mean it's not an excuse it is a reason 71 days is a very short off season we saw what it did to Miami as well right Miami had a really bad start they picked it up but AD didn't come ready for this season and he and his quotes I mean we don't have to really we don't have to assume that he said that he wasn't ready for this season um but hopefully this is where he's supposed to bring it like yeah like we can excuse the regular season it happened it wasn't great but it's playoff time you can't be scoring 13 points taking like 11 shots it's just not acceptable for a guy of his caliber yeah you mentioned you mentioned Drummond earlier um Mm -hmm. what adjustments around Drummond would you like to see them make and would you like to see Gasol play more I mean it'd be tough to play them together right yeah, no, I mean, I've been pushing the Gasol. <laughs> I've been pushing the Gasol drum for a while. I think Andre Drummond, he gets a bad rap a, a lot of times because yeah. like his mistakes are very loud. Like he can go six for 11, but it just feels like six for 21 because he misses a lot of layups and easy stuff at the rim. And sometimes he's a guy he, like, sometimes he doesn't handle the basketball when he's down there. Yeah, he's just not a aesthetically good player like to watch right he's very like bobbly with the ball when he finishes it's not clean he'll miss like the easy one and then put back his easy miss yeah he gets a lot of he gets a lot of baskets like that um like look none of this to me all these are minute details if ad isn't there like is not ready to play ad needs to be able to be aggressive the whole theory with Andre Drummond is like having a big bruising athletic dude that can move quickly on his feet, right? He's a very mobile. He's very mobile with his feet. He can move and uh, pairing that with LeBron and Anthony Davis. That was the theory. It's not working. I would like to see Gasol in there primarily just to be another playmaker, another passer. The paint is way too packed. Phoenix is absolutely digging down in the paint, making guys like KCP uh, take threes. He was like one for seven from three. Uh, I think he'll shoot better, but they're just packing the paint. We need another big out there to play make. Schroeder isn't ready for that. At least he wasn't in game one. He missed like two weeks with COVID. So I would like to see a lot more Gasol. You're, you're preaching to the choir here with that. Yeah, and with Schroeder, man, it's going to be tough with CP3, man. That's a tough <laughs> matchup. You know, that's a tough matchup. What would you like to see Vogel do uh, to make adjustments on that end when it comes to guarding CP3? So to me, like these great players, you have to pick a poison. And Phoenix, yeah. what's tough about them is they have two really good ball handlers, two scores. Um, yeah. I would like to take Devin Booker away. I think that's the main way to guard Phoenix. 
Um, they were like soft hedging, soft trapping, and Devin Booker is just too good. You can't. What you want to see more like what they do with Luca and Steph against Devin? Yeah, I want to see a lot more aggressive trapping, especially if you're playing two bigs and Anthony Davis is the four. You have him as the help man. So he, what makes Anthony Davis generational as a defender is his ability to tag the role man and get out to the shooter. Right, that's what he's good at, and it just doesn't make sense for me for to have Drummond playing this drop coverage on Devin Booker. He, he eats off that. He eats that for breakfast. So he got a lot of easy looks like that. And then Drummond came up to help. He found Bridges in the corner. Um, he found Aiden. Aiden got like fifty dunks. I feel like because we just did not tag um, him down low. And again, that's an effort thing. That's a scheme thing. But uh, you can't take away everything. And I would make Devin Booker be a be a passer. I wouldn't allow him to just get up this many shots that easily. Yeah, I wanted to shift to hear your thoughts on the Bucks Miami matchup. Do you feel that Miami has took a huge step back and the Bucks have took a huge step forward or just one of those things happen or it's a combination of both? Yeah, like so I don't watch the East as much, but just watching okay. her playoffs, it feels like the Bucks like they looked at the demon and just figured out like it's a lot smaller than they thought it was, right? Like they saw the ghost of Miami and realized it's yeah. not that scary of a ghost. Um, I think also the Bucks are better. I think Drew Holiday is an insane pickup, uh, especially replacing Eric Bledsoe. Bledsoe's a nice player, but just going to to Drew Holiday and like you know the you know how the playoffs work. Like every game is a re- overreaction. After oh, one yeah. game, they overreact. So now everyone's like, "Oh, Bucks are gonna sweep." But uh, I think Miami's too good, too good coach, too well yes. coached by Spolstra, yeah. Jimmy Butler. Bam out of bio. These are legit players. Duncan They're Robinson. gonna come back. They're gonna come, and those are the two reasons I think they're gonna come back and play well. I don't see a sweep happening. I see them coming back. And Jimmy Butler won't let that happen. And to me, not I mean, everybody talks about Spolster, but it's just the culture and the and also the coaching staff as a whole that I don't think they're gonna let a sweep happen. No, absolutely. I, look, I, as a Laker fan, I played them in the finals last year. Yeah, those dudes ad- adjust. Like you can't just play the same thing. They know how to adjust. They're gonna. They're going to go after their personnel. Duncan Robinson is not going to shoot the way he did in Milwaukee. And Jimmy, Jimmy Butler is going to play better. Bam Adebayo is not going to be shut out this way. Milwaukee's good. They're really good. I just, I think this series goes like six or seven. I, I think these, I think Miami's a lot better than they've shown. Um, but the Bucks are a legit team. I have them advancing. Giannis is a tough matchup for them. He figured something out with them. Chris Middleton's having a good game. It took a Chris Middleton game winner in game one to beat Miami. I like, I, I feel like these are, it's not close, but I think these teams are a lot more evenly matched than they've shown in the first two, for sure. Yeah, I know you pay more attention to the West, but the East has got better with their top teams in terms of roster construction. The Nets, we don't have to talk about. I mean, that's obvious why their roster. <laughs> but, you know, the Sixers with Seth Curry, I mean, they added some shooting around that. And obviously the leadership, that's not roster. The leadership with Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey has been amazing. And the Bucks with P.J. Tucker and Drew Holiday. I mean, that was like the trade of the year, man, for them, you know. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I, I want to ask you this because you're based out in New York. Are more people like excited for the Knicks or the Nets? Because I hear like the Knicks are way more oh, still dominant in, in, in New York. It's it's the well, full transparency about me. I'm not a fan of any team. Like I just like to analyze the game. Yeah. But the Knicks and my dad loved the Knicks. He was a huge mm-hmm. Knicks fan. And it's the Knicks. It's not even close. Yeah. Like there's okay. just there's too much history there, you know? It's it's yeah, yeah, deep yeah. rooted. It's it's like I think there would be more Laker fans if they had a down year, right? And then the Clippers were playing well, right? It would oh, be yeah, for thing. sure. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess the comparison to me is like the Knicks have been bad, though, for a very long time. So I'm surprised none of that has switched so, at hey, all. They, they stayed true. And then they stayed true. And the guys that didn't stay true, 
or the people that didn't stay true, they're going to bandwagon this year. So, <laughs> you know, right, they're, right. they're going to get everybody this year. And yeah, it's not even close. Obviously, the Nets have a way better chance to win the championship. Mm-hmm. And they're so much more talented. And, you know, they're really fun to watch, but it's Knicks all day in New York City, man. There's just too much history, you know? For sure. And I have the Nets coming out of the East. I just think that's too much talent. Um, Harden, Kyrie, and KD are just unguardable. You like people talk about their defense, and I know defense is important. Like, I don't know what you think, but uh, I feel like they just need an average defense, right? Their offense is going to be killer. You have to stop them for 48 minutes. They have 109 points right now as we're recording this, and the third quarter is not over. Like, yeah, it's going to be really, it's going to be, I think that Milwaukee Brooklyn series in the next round is going to be a dog fight, but. I just don't see anyone being able to keep up with that level of offensive punch. They have James Harden running second units, man. That's just unfair. Like there's no team with that kind of, that kind of talent right now. Yeah. I picked the nets um, and the Sixers, I think are, you know, at time, like for most of the season, they were a better overall basketball team. I mean, yeah. a lot of that was because of injuries, but I loved what Philly did in every way. And I love the way Joel is playing and I'm higher on Ben Simmons than most. And I really like, I mean, Dow Morey, Doc Rivers is amazing to me, but they did everything right. But just when you have this kind of talent, like talent wins basketball games. I know it's not a hot take or anything crazy to say, but when you have that kind of talent, you got three guys that are like two of them are MVP level. And and Kyrie to me is the most skilled player in the NBA. I know some would argue that Steph Curry is, but I have to go with the Nets. I was going back and forth, but now, you know, you talk about defense and I think it will be an issue against Joel. Yeah. But it's looking better lately. It really is. I mean, they're playing a lot better team defense. I mean, interior defense will be an issue against Joel, but I don't think it'll be enough to keep up with the Nets offense, as you said. Yeah, and I I was telling anyone who would, like, listen, like, obviously they weren't going to play their best defense in the regular season. They just weren't. Those three stars missed too many games. But I was pretty sure in the playoffs they would give the requisite effort needed to be an average defense, and I think that's what they've done. I don't know if Boston's the right team to kind of look at with that. They're they're kind of injured as well. No Jalen Brown, but yeah, so I, I don't. don't th- I don't think I don't, and I like Jalen Brown a lot. I don't think that would have made a difference too much. Yeah, Maybe that's that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, they're he's probably not the difference between getting swept and like you know winning three games or something like that. So um, that's a tough team to kind of gauge it on. My question was Philly is I don't know what you think. Like I feel like if you're shot creators. Like, I don't trust Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris as my main shot creators. Like, I feel like in the playoffs, you need some type of perimeter shot creating. And um, I don't know if I trust Tobias Harris to make enough shots. Ben Simmons, I've seen him get kind of schemed out in a lot of series, and I worry about that. Um, if you throw him in the dunker spot, then you have jo- Joel on the perimeter. And and then I guess the ball's in Tobias Harris's hand, Seth Curry's hand. I just – I don't know if that's enough. I know they have the one seed. It's just against a team like Brooklyn where – you're going against Harden, Kyrie, KD as their shot creation. It's just, can they score enough? I think they have a really good defense. Can they score enough to keep up with that team? I'm not sure. And that's where my Ben Simmons question is. I love him. I think he does a lot of stuff that doesn't show up. Like his defense is incredible. He's a transition killer. It's just the playoffs, the game slows down. You're not in transition 30% of you know possessions. You're in transition for like 20, 15. So that's that's my question was Philly. There has to be a combination of a few guys to step up because Seth Curry's um... – Tyrese Maxey, I mean, he has to he has to step up in that department. And you know, I really, uh, yeah, that's the thing. Is he ready? But he, I, you know, who I wanted, and I talked about this either on an IG live or a podcast earlier in the season. I wanted to see Philly sign Mike James, and I was talking about mm. that way before the Nets signed him. I I think Mike James is great, in my opinion. I think he could add he could have added some of that for them. I think he would have been, you know, I know these guys aren't all star level players, but you need. You need something there, and I agree with you. 
Oh, for sure. And I feel like Dinwiddie would have been a huge yeah. piece for Brooklyn if they had him, right? Just adding to that talent level. But for Philly, you're right. They needed another another shot creator. They don't need a all-star shot creator, but they didn't need another one. That's why like Jimmy Butler was the perfect fit for them. I know he left a year and a half yeah, ago. But yeah. Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I mean that was that that thing was more locker room and culture. Like he just did it. That it didn't fit what he wanted, you know. It really didn't. For sure. Yeah. And I like to me, in my opinion, like this is a superstar run league. Like you make sure that superstar feels like they want to fit, you know, like you got to at least try. Now, maybe that was just unsalvageable. Jimmy Butler maybe just didn't want to be there. Um, he went to Miami, but still like that, that kind of shot creation, I think they needed. Uh, and like, look, I, if Ben Simmons for Harden was on the table, I, I feel like you gotta, you gotta try that. Like that was one of the deals that were kind of rumored, but I understand the reason not to Ben Simmons is like what, 23 years old. Yeah, I just think like title windows close very quickly. Like you don't get a chance to win a title very often, and I think Philly is in that kind of uh, role right now, right? They're in the title win, title chasing mode. Yeah, Joel Embiid is at the time is in his prime. Ben Simmons in his prime. James Harden is looks like he's ready to win a title as well. So I would done that move. But yeah, Philly. I think Philly Brooklyn's gonna be a really fun series if they meet. Philly Milwaukee as well would be fun. Um, I think Joel Embiid is so different than so much of the East. Um, he's like the only really star center in the east right i think the rest are kind of in the west if i i mean bam uh, yeah bam as well i guess he does a little he's not he as like he aggressive. has he hasn't been playing well though but he looked yeah. like he was on that startup trajectory like against boston in the bubble he made oh, yeah boston, he made boston look like little kids like they were they were in high school when you were watching. he got tight he, he he got tice traded in my opinion like he he dominated daniel tice in the playoffs yeah, um yeah. and boston again they don't they didn't have like a crazy center core but yeah, like I think Embiid is so such a different kind of matchup. You you don't get too many him, Jokic. Those are the guys that teams really play through, right? Uh, the Miami Heat don't really play through Bam in terms of like post scoring. They kind of run him more in screen actions. He gets that mid range pick and pop kind of stuff. Embiid will literally post you up fifty times a game if you give him single coverage, which is just so different than Brooklyn, who wants to like run up back and forth, get a lot of pick and roll basketball. I just think it's really different and be fun to fun to watch. You think if Dragic was healthy, it would be different in the bubble, in the finals? Uh, I wouldn't he really. Was leading, I, he was their leading scorer, right, in the bubble? He was, yeah. And he came back for game, I think, four or five. I forgot which game he came back yeah, it for. Was, but, um, yeah, but he was hardly moving. Oh, yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah. I think, look, Dragic is really good. I just think the Lakers were a little bit over talent. Like, they had the talent advantage there, in my opinion. LeBron and AD were we're at playing at a level that's just tough to match. Dragic would have 100% made a difference. I just don't think he would have changed the outcome of that series. And also, they got really great games from. I thought Tyler Hero played well. Duncan Robinson had a crazy game, had one of his crazy games. Jimmy Butler had an insane finals. Like he had a great finals, I thought. Yes, so, yes. But uh, yeah, Dragic is a really good player, and they're going to need him in this series as well. They're not going to get well early. Yeah. So have you been paying attention to Clippers, Clippers, Mavs? Man, I was, I, I was telling everybody who would listen. Dallas is not some easy picking team because the Clippers, they, they tank to get Dallas, right? Like that's what they did. End of the season, they lost their last two against Oklahoma city and Houston so that uh, they wouldn't play the Lakers in the first round. They went for Dallas. Um, Luca is incredible, man. That guy, yeah. I think the Clippers win tonight, but still Luca is just an incredible pick and roll talent. He's the best passer I've seen ever come to the league. They have trouble with it, man. It's, they're playing Evita Zubac trying to switch. They switched on him. There's just no answer for him. You think, um, you think Luca is a better passer than LeBron? When he came into the league, I think Luca was a better passer than LeBron at his age. Like okay. I think LeBron's a better passer now, 
LeBron might be in his in conversation best passer ever compared to Magic and all that. I just think yeah. Luca came in with such a uh, defined like skill set. I've never seen that before. He walked in day one on the Mavericks was their lead ball handler, leading them to forty wins. Like it's just you don't see that. They teams don't hand over the keys like that like that easily and um yeah he, he's just incredible we played him twice in a row this season and he killed us you can't throw the same coverage on him he's better now in the post he's a tough matchup for them they have to stop him and uh but i think Kawhi pg will play a little better in in this game but it's not an easy series in my opinion who do you who would you put on him out of those two see it's funny because the whole storyline through espn and all that after the game one was like put Kawhi on him why aren't why isn't Kawhi on him and that's just not how Luca kind of scores, right? Luca Luca plays basketball through screen roll. He's a heavy screen roll. And PG player. is better. And PG is better going around screens than Kawhi. He he is, but the the way that works is that your big needs to be able to either switch or contain and get back. Yeah. Zubac is a very slow footed big, right? So when Luca pulls that switch out, it does. Who it doesn't matter if Kawhi, PG, Beverly Morris on well, him. So, yeah. It, so, so, some would say that he shouldn't be playing Zubac, and I like Zubac a lot. Yeah. Well, again, the problem with that is then your option is either Morris at the five or it's Serge Ibaka, who just came back after missing a few months. Serge didn't look good in game one either, and so yeah. he doesn't look ready to be switching and going back. That's the tough thing about it. So everyone's saying throw Kawhi on him, and look, Kawhi is one of the best defenders in the league. It's just in a pick-and-roll heavy scheme. If he gets screened, if, if he's not fighting over and he gets screened, you're, again, it's the big versus the guard, and that's – that's why, like guys like Draymond Green, in my opinion, Anthony Davis, um, Joel Embiid, guys who are centers like that, defensive centers who can shut down offensive, their value like an- goes like up anchoring the-, the defense basically. Exactly, guys like yeah. that, their value in the playoffs goes up exceedingly because you need to be able well, to ex- do that. Well, except Rudy, his value doesn't go up sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Rudy gets killed a lot for what he does he's a very high floor regular season player yeah, um, yeah. but his his switchability is the one that look utah jazz fans will throw numbers at you all day hey john hollinger tra- i think had a number second two in, in mv second MVP. mvp that's crazy right i mean so and, like and john, john is tremendously knowledgeable i mean he worked in the front office in the nba that that is oh yeah yeah absolutely and again like basketball is enjoyed differently from a yeah, lot of people true. and and guys yeah. like that obviously really value the numbers the per the, the yeah. real plus minus I mean, you know i mean he created per so he better <laughs> that's value very it. true <laughs> <laughs> that that's very true yeah yeah, yeah yeah so guys like that um will will value that over for a lot of stuff like rudy's a great defender i think he's a great rim protector he's a big part of their offensive as well that people don't really bring up like their offense is very pick and roll predicated him on yeah. the roll and then yeah. open up their shooters um, but you know, and switches against like you can't switch him onto uh, those really scoring. Jokic kills him. Anthony Davis really kills him, um, and that's just tough. And they kill everybody. But Rudy Gobert is a defensive center. It's just I think when he switches and all that. But yeah, guys who can shut down on the perimeter and in the and at the and at the rim, uh, their value goes up. And I think that's that's where we see it in the playoffs. And man, two crazy years with things off the court with Donovan. Like last year, it was the whole mm-hmm. thing with Rudy. And now, I don't know. There's so many like crazy reports about what's going on there. I, I don't even know what to make of it. I mean, I from what I understand, to keep it simple, is that he really wanted to play, and Utah shut it down. Yeah, man. I like. I mean, it's not a, it's not a secret that I have non-Utah, so I have no clue like what's going yeah. on in Utah. But just listening like to the people, I guess yeah, he wanted to play and he wasn't able to. They have a lot of weird things going on. Like I feel like yeah. that kind of stuff shouldn't come out like a hundred percent 
you know, 100%. so it's it's very weird. And the players after the game saying, "Ask the medical staff," because things like playoff. this happen. Things like this happen, but it just never gets out. You know, exactly. Yeah, and it's playoff time too. Like this isn't the time for that kind of shenanigans. Like you need to be focused. Like Memphis took game one, and, and they don't know any better to not take game two. They're not going to go in and be like, "Oh, we have two home games." You know, they're going to come out and, and punch again. So you have to be ready for that. Donovan has missed what, like four weeks? I think he hasn't yeah, played. Yeah. And it's also, we don't, and we don't know how he'll be after these four weeks. That's another thing, too. Yeah, exactly. It takes a while to get your conditioning in. Playoff conditioning is different than regular conditioning. Look, you go like I know, I know Utah will be confident, but you go down 2-0 to Memphis, like that's not a joke. Like you have to go back to Memphis, win a game. They're tough. Um, they play really good defense for a young team. It's like the, people call Utah frauds. I don't think so. I don't think you win that many games in the regular season without being that good. But you know they're a very three point reliant right, team, and like in the playoffs, those those contests are just a little bit tighter. Those jumpers are just a little less open. And Memphis is a really good defensive team. They've been all year, so they're gonna make it tough. I still have Utah taking that series, but yeah, Dylan Brooks, John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. is starting to get his legs under him. Yeah, I mean that's, that could be a that could be a real difference maker if he has a couple like great games. One, Jaron Jackson Jr. It's gonna be tough for the. For yeah, he was great against the Warriors. Um, and I think it was that playing game as well. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're talented. They're coming like that. This they're ahead of schedule. You know what I mean? Like they're they're like a little bit ahead of schedule. I don't think they were supposed to really make the playoffs already, but they're yeah, a good yeah. team. They're young. I think they're the youngest team in the league, if I remember correctly. So maybe. Yeah, they're they're good. Yeah. So let's take this full circle. I mean, did you overreact after that uh at game one loss? And and, and, what, <laughs> and do you think their chances are still high? Would you have them as the favorite at, at this point? I still, I still think they are the favorite. I mean, like rewatching that game over, watching it without the emotion of game one. A lot of like mistakes that are fixable. So you um, watched it twice. Yeah, I watched it a few times just uh, okay. just to look it over. And uh, th- the main thing I saw was a lot of effort plays, a lot of not getting back in transition. And look, maybe LeBron's not 100% where he feels that way. Um, they're not playing him as full minute. I think he played like 35 minutes in game one or something like that. Yeah. Um, Mode but- management in the playoffs is interesting, right? That's an interesting game. Yeah. Oh, man, it's weird. But yeah. uh, they lost by nine. They held – look, you hold Phoenix to 99 points, you should be able to win – uh, Devin Booker had like 30 of those so like just looking at it from that perspective like it's a winnable game you score 90 points you're not winning any game so in the playoffs so you hold team 99 you should be able to win that game a lot of offensive issues I thought the defense was okay in the second half I, I didn't like their coverages a lot of time but I thought it was an okay defensive game uh, to hold that team to 99 and uh they're gonna have to put the pressure on LeBron and AD have been here I said that their experience should take over like Mikhail Bridges um, all those dudes are like li- really young other than, you know, Chris Paul, none of them have really had playoff experience. Devin Booker as well, his first playoff series, um, seeing how teams adjust. And I hope it looks like they might change the starting lineup. We'll see. Um, but yeah, yeah, I saw you retweet that Vogel doesn't want to, play, <laughs> right. Was- yeah, exactly. Look, they do that a lot and just never change anything either. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, like to me, I don't think game. he wants <laughs> yeah, I don't think he wants to change it this quickly, but uh it's time to adjust, man. You can't go down to nothing. Like it's just Phoenix is really good. People compare this to um Portland and Houston last year. Lakers yeah, went down one out in both those series. Difference to me is this Phoenix team is better. Like I just think they're better than that Portland series. I was team. you know what? I was high on Houston last year. I liked what they did. I really I enjoyed it. Like I just like a team that's gonna try something or an organization that's gonna try yeah. something totally different. I really and I say that in hindsight when it didn't really work out. I mean, they had some issues in the bubble that things were crazy. Over yeah. There, but I like what Houston did. That was fun. And, and people blame Harden a lot for that loss. Like, 
to me that 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 series switch because the Lakers went small. They started AD at the five, put Marcus Morris in the starting lineup, and then they decided not to guard Russell Westbrook. Like that was why that series changed. Houston won Game One, con- like in considerable fashion. They blew us out. Um, game Two was close. People forget that Houston was up four with like the third quarter um, about to end. Like they were playing well. They came back from a big lead, um, but then Lakers kind of really adjusted and uh took West uh, made Westbrook shoot. And he did, he took all the jumpers in the world and they were fine with it. And then AD at the five really killed them because Houston was super small. They were starting like, I think PJ Tucker was the five, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Robert, definitely. Robert, Robert Covington was like their biggest player at six, seven. And, yeah. you know, and, and you have him on AD. That's a tough matchup, but uh, yeah. And then that's how the playoffs went. But I think this is a little different. I think Booker and CP are a different type of animal to try to defend in a seven game, seven game series. So you're not confident with the Lakers. In this I, I am. I, I think they take it just – I saw a lot of, like, Lakers in four, Lakers in five, and I never saw that. I thought this was at least a six-game six series, and I think it will go that route. I just have a lot of respect for what this Phoenix team has done. Um, they're really w- well coached. Like, you could see it every – everything and they're on the same page they know what coverages they're in um they know what they want to run and that's what was my biggest concern with this lakers team is that they didn't get enough chemistry together yeah schroeder schroeder ad and lebron played like 23 games this season add yeah. drumming in and it's like four games right and this is your starting center and point guard like schroeder is supposed to be the secondary playmaker shot maker right like he's supposed to be a big part of their offense they played 20 games together um that's my biggest Vo- and Vogel got and it got and Vogel got to get a feel for it too, you know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like LeBron and AD built their chemistry last year. I think they'll be fine. Like they had their whole season last year to kind of build it. And in the playoffs, but this is a new team. You know, Danny yeah. Green gets a lot of jokes from Lakers Twitter, but he's a big part of the team last year. Um, so it's just, it's a lot of new faces. I think they like. I think as the playoffs go longer, um, they'll get more comfortable. But just right now, uh, they're trying to feel stuff out. LeBron is just barely back, right? He played two games in the regular season. He's getting his legs under him. And uh, this is just a weird kind of feel. You know what I noticed? And hmm. I don't know if you see this. Does, does Schroeder seem disconnected from the team a little bit? <laughs> uh, it's not disconnected. He's a very, like, um, score I, first. Yeah, I think he's very talented. Second. He's very talented. Mm-hmm. And I don't only say that because – he turned down the contract right with the Lakers that mm-hmm. it's really like from what I see on the floor it's like it's just it's just a vibe or a feeling I get oh for sure it feels like he's playing one-on-one while the rest of the team plays five on four right, right? like right, that's right. what it that's what it feels like he's right. score first score second pass third so like to me <laughs> like he has good vision it's just like but he actually dro- I mean he's the type of player that they needed in terms of roster yeah, yeah. for sure and yeah. like people are saying to bring him off the, off the bench but I, I like his shot creation next to LeBron uh because teams like to when team when we don't have another ball handler team just ball pressure LeBron up and down the court and just gets him tired. Um, but yeah, so Schroeder will like drive and then realize he can't score and then try to pass it out. He does a lot of that. Um, he doesn't drive with any kind of decision-making a um, lot of bad passes, a lot of turnovers, um, a lot of like really bad shots. So, but he's a really good player. He had a good year. I think he was a really good defender for us through the year. Um, but yeah, it, it sometimes it does feel like him, and also feels like Drummond sometimes as well, playing their own game. Like Drummond, the middle of the game, like middle of a close game, will just go and ask for a post up, and be like, "Man, like we're trying to run offense here," and he'll just try to get a get a post up. So both both of them sometimes feel like they're on the you know, run the world, but they have to try to figure it out. They don't have much time. Like they, it's it's time to go. Yeah, I have Lakers winning it all. How about you? <laughs> 
I do too. Um, but uh, I think it's gonna be a tough road. Lakers Lakers fans are a lot more confident than I, I even thought. Like I get it, we won the title last year. They're just a lot more confident than even I am, and I even I feel like I'm more of a optimist. But uh, it, it's gonna be tough, man. I think the Nets are a huge challenge. Um, if we're able to get out of the West, I think the Clippers and the Nets are the toughest challenges for the Lakers. Um, but they they got a good bracket, man. If they can beat Phoenix, Phoenix, they have Portland and Denver next two you know good teams but not two like western powers with denver's injury and then it's the clippers if you if they get that far so yeah i yeah yeah i I know this isn't deep analysis but my thing is don't bet against don't bet against (laughs) lebron until proven otherwise you know what i mean (laughs) and you would have been right for a very long time i think this this is like what 10th final in nine years or or, i mean nine finals in 10 years so It's nice having LeBron and AD is really good. It's, it's frustrating sometimes with this season. There's a lot of injuries. Um, and it, this team has been very theoretical all year. Like like one player goes down, one player comes back. So it's like, oh, imagine when AD comes back and AD comes back and LeBron goes out. Oh, imagine when Le- LeBron comes back. So now we finally have the full team. And it's like they're all meeting each other. You know, they're all like, oh, this is where he likes to cut. Oh, this is where he spots up from. So it's like a lot of stuff well, like, you know, that you so, have to figure I mean- out. Yeah, that's good. I mean, so, I mean, the Nets and them will have that same issue if they meet in the finals. So it'll be even playing grounds in a way, you know, like they both. That's very true. They both needed to get chemistry throughout the playoffs. (laughs) That is very true. Yeah, this is a really weird season. Nets also, I think they're they're three guys have only played like, what, 10 games, I think, this season or some some crazy number. So we'll, we'll see. But it should be a fun playoffs, man. Yeah. Yeah. Raj, great stuff. You're always welcome back on the show. Where can we find all of your work? Oh man, uh, I appreciate you having me, man. This was really fun. Um, on Twitter at Unwritten Rules, uh, last E is a three. I do the State of the Lakers podcast after every game. Uh, come hang out and uh, podcast State of the Lakers. And uh, on Lakers Outsiders, I'll have some videos and stuff up as well. Uh, Where can we find the podcast? Uh, Spotify, Apple, anywhere. Okay. Uh, anywhere you have podcasts. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I encourage everybody to go tune in. Uh, Raj, thanks so much for joining in on the show. You're always welcome back and talk soon. Of course, man. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you to everyone who listens to Combos Court across the globe. Thanks to Raj C for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, share this episode with a friend. Share it on social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Tag me in it. We'd greatly appreciate it. If you enjoy this show, if you would like to support this show, a great way to support is to join in as a Combos Court Patreon member. I'll leave a link in the description for that. There's two tiers And on one of those tiers, you can receive bonus content. That's right. Exclusive. Patreon only. Combos Court episodes. Be on the lookout for episode 271. Combo out.